Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. And we are back with another episode of Chew on This. What's up, K-Dog? Ah, you know, all good, Teresa Duncan. Looking forward to diving into some juicy content today. I'm just <laughs> looking forward to it with you, my friend. When I was looking through the pages and f- trying to find some good news, I was struck by a trend, though, Kevin. So I have to say oh. this real quick, and then let's move on to actual news, because <laughs> I- I'm really just kind of like, wow, we really have a PR issue in our in our industry. No. So... <laughs> One of the uh, best places I go to for my news, shout out to Becker's, because Becker's puts together a lot of good articles. They usually do this thing every week where it's you know, six dentists making headlines, five dentists, three dentists making headlines, right? So it's kind of a nice way to, to look and see like what's going on in the industry. But I noticed the last two weeks, all these dentists making headlines, and it's for things like selling drugs out of their office or requesting, you know orders of protection because there's now somebody coming out to get them and maybe there's been some assault. And then there's also, they run stories about dentists who die, which is very, I mean, it's nice they're being recognized, but man, I read this stuff and I'm like, what's going on with dentists? Like, come on, man. That's not how I want to make news. I'm just going to be honest with you. But I would love to just point out that there's some dentists who are doing good things. So one dentist, Dr. Rafia, it was selected as the Oregon Health Authority's new dental program director. And I have to read these because I have to remind myself that there's good things going on. Otherwise, you think dentists are like, I don't know, clogging up the court system or something, right? Well, I'm just asking. So you're telling me that, that a salacious article maybe you clicked upon and read? <gasps> Oh, my goodness. I love salacious dental articles. Salacious dental articles are the best. So I hear. Salacious sells to all the the dental publications out there. I will click on a salacious title. See that click coming from Judy? Teresa Duncan. There you go. (laughs) That's me. All day. (laughs) So Dr. Min Young Lee donated $25,000 to the School of Dental Dental Medicine at uh, Texas Tech University. So that's good. They're going to fund multiple student scholarships. And then you have Dr. D'Andrade was recently named president of the Nevada Dental Association. My huge apologies if I butchered that. Of all of those, 11 dentists right there in the last two weeks, those are the ones that did some good. The rest of them are, you know, pleading guilty or agreeing to pay something. <laughs> so, well, well, here's to the good dentists out there. Absolutely. And, and they're the vast majority. We know that. So Agreed. Agreed. Just, you know, got to say that, whoa, uh, you know, maybe don't believe everything you read in the news. That's a shocking idea. But, oh, you know. <laughs> those journalists, you got to watch them. I'm just telling you. Goodness. But, you know, you remember the college admissions scandal from, you know, Lori Laughlin <sighs> and some other It crushed every memory of Full House I have. Absolutely. How sad is it, though, if you are the kid and you find out your parents had to pay to get you into school? Yeah. A dentist in California was also oh. uh, brought in on under that whole thing. That's why I brought that up, because uh, not just celebrities, but maybe dentists. Maybe he's a celebrity dentist, but... In California, it's possible. Absolutely. Paid to get their kid through college. And hmm. I got to ask, did the kid want to go to college? Well, maybe they were just trying to get him out of the house. I mean, that's possible. That's a pretty steep thing. You know what? I'm going to go to jail just so I have some peace and quiet. There you go. (laughs) Peace and quiet in jail. Hmm. (laughs) 
Hey, so uh, dentists are good people. Just want to remind everybody. Do you know who else are good people, Teresa Duncan? Oh, let me see. Insurance lovers, insurance geeks. Well, of course them. Anybody (laughs) listens to this podcast, duh. (laughs) Also, all of those amazing team members out there and maybe all of those amazing team members that are moving jobs. They're shaking. They're moving things around the industry. They're maybe looking for their next gig, shall we say. What if dental offices considered their jobs as gigs? Like you go from office to office, gig to gig. That'd be interesting. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your flow of the moving and the shaking. No, actually, you you tied right into it because I, I'm i going to say that our dental industry has changed how jobs are viewed. And I think your point as gigs, uh, you know what? You were a step ahead of me and you didn't even know it. Oh, because I think amazing. that's how they're... Be- I, it is. It's like we're just simpatico. Amazing. With my short legs, I'm never a step ahead of anyone. Can so. we do a three-legged race sometime to see what happens? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I need that third leg just to keep up sometimes. <laughs> but I think that there's so often that we have talked. You and I have. I think we've talked on this podcast. We have certainly a lot of times whenever we've spoken together about how the, the, the economy of dental hiring has changed. And how that it used to be, it was the dentists who were really in charge of the hiring, the keeping, the firing. Right now, it is the team member who is completely in charge of what that dental practice is going to look like, how many openings there are going to be, if they're even going to apply for it. Uh, I was having a real interesting talk with a friend of mine, and not going to give anything else away other than that, but she knows of several dental assistants who are un- on unemployment right now, and they are just saying that they will do a job interview with somebody just to fulfill the unemployment requirements. Mm-mm. And they have no desire to go back into the practice. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, but that that is the environment that we're in right now. And there was an article that came out in the ADA News uh, very recently And it highlighted a lot of things that you and I have talked about. And so many of these dental practices that listen to our podcast know is going on. So from the ADA Health Policy Institute, and the headline says it all, more than 80% of hiring dentists are finding that hygienist and assistant recruitment is either extremely challenging or very challenging right now. I have other, I have another term for that starts with F. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we'll leave the it. The situations are effed. <laughs> you know, and you and I have talked about like the Smile Crew of California, the things that are being done right now to try to recruit new blood into the dental industry to try to fill some of these holes. And you know my love for dental assistants. I, I think everybody who knows me knows that. But according to this data, for dental assistants, 59.2% of dentists found recruitment to be extremely challenging. And 23.9% stated it was very challenging. We know that, you know, there's a lot of states where dental assistants don't require a lot of training. They don't require a lot of education to come in and work in the practice and become great team members. And so it's very fascinating to me that not only are we unable to find current team members, but we're also really at this point, it feels like unable to recruit from outside the industry and be able to explain why dentistry is such a great career. So I'm going to say that we as a dental industry have a real PR problem right now. We do. Absolutely, we do. I I really don't think we're up there on anybody's minds as far as like coming out of school. So do you remember back in high school, and I know you and I went when they were actually like, like carving things out on stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But back in high school, they would do these career fairs and all of these people from all these industries would come in. I'm not talking about, you know, bring your mom to school day or whatever. That That's not what I'm talking about. But like you would go and there would be actual like lots of industries wanting to come in and hire you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my asking my son, does that happen? I don't remember anything like that really going on. And and I'm thinking to myself, how many dental offices would actually make the effort to go to the high school and be part of a career fair and all of that? But also, we're not necessarily the first choice coming out of high school. No. You know, if you go to college, there's this perception that, well, if you go to work in a dental office, you know, your four-year degree, what are you doing with that? Which I think is ridiculous because running a dental office is hard. I mean, being... In any business, you need to have some business knowledge. So I just think that's very helpful. I am not sure how we change this, Kevin. You and I have talked about this, but the PR problem is real. Not just the dentist doing crazy things that I just referenced, but the whole industry. It's really, it's sad to me. I actually get a little bit, I get very sad when I think about it. I agree. I will admit, I've never worked in a dental practice. I've always been on the dental journalism side of things, you know. But I know that there's still this perception out there of what dentistry is. And you and I both know the vast, vast majority of praxis, it's not that in any way, shape, or form. And I think it's going to take the ADA, the ADHA, the ADAA, ADOM, all of these groups coming together and saying, you know what, we've got to do almost a PR campaign to talk about the good that happens in dental practice, the, the life-changing, the life-saving a lot of times whenever you look at oral cancer and airway issues and everything else that dental practice can impact. I think all these groups need to come together and say, we have to change the perception out there, not just to the patients who walk into the practice, but those team members who are looking for what are they going to do next? And, and I'll give you a perfect example. Our next door neighbors are dear friends of ours. And their daughter was going through a career change uh, in the state of Missouri. And Dana and I both suggested, we're like, my goodness, get into the dental industry. They are dying for people right now. You would find a job. You would be well paid. And she just could not wrap her head around being in a dental practice. And even though it's a great opportunity, it's great pay, it's exactly would have been, would have fit her schedule, everything that, that was required, but she couldn't get past bloody teeth. Well, we have a smell. And the smell. Yeah. You know, and so there, there's a lot of things that, that I think we've got to say, yes, this may be your perception. Is it reality or not? I think, I think we've got to come to grips with that as an industry. So I know that uh, the ADA has been great at tracking, of course, dentistry. That's what they do. But if you zoom out, healthcare in general is going through the same crisis. Mm -hmm. You're right. You know, finding anybody to work in a hospital. Vets, too. I was just talking to some good friends of ours at dinner last night. My dog can't get his teeth cleaned for at least a month because they have no vet techs. So they're scheduling surgeries around availability of vet techs. Interesting. They just hope that they can hold on to them for that long. And this is not some small dental clinic. This is one of the big chains. And she said it's like that all over. They have a couple of vet techs that are just kind of floating around between the offices because they can't find good qualified people. So does the pay go up to attract them? I think it has to. It has to. But at the same time, you and I both know, you know, we've seen dental practices do the hiring bonus thing. And, you know, you set, okay, we won't pay this hiring bonus until three months from now or six months from now. And I can tell you practices that six months in one day, that person leaves. Oh, it's terrible. 
terrible. It, it is. And, you know, and then the practice is on the hook for the money and everything else. So I don't know the answer, but I know that it's something we can't just stick our head in the sand and say, well, oh, it'll get better. I mean, it may, but you're right. The vet industry is going through it. I, I've heard that same thing. We tried to go to a restaurant in downtown Denver during All-Star Game, had tons of tables open, and they said, we can't seat you because we don't have enough servers. That's exactly what happened last night. We went to Hooters and we could not sit in a certain area. So we had to sit on freaking bar stools. Do you know how short I am, Kevin? <laughs> to get a running start? Or? I, I mean, really? <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, I have a stool. Like, hello. So, <laughs> but understandable that that's what's going on. You're right. If you're going to be able to stay home. But here's my thought. Let me know if you think differently, because I am generally curious. Sure. Say the states get rid of these incentives, and they are. Slowly, they're getting rid of these incentives to stay home. Do people then come out in droves to go back to work? I think some people have really liked being home with family and seeing if they can make it, you know, entrepreneurship. This is a perfect environment for entrepreneurship, somebody to open up a business and try to do things you know, maybe pursue that that passion that you've always had. And I don't know if just the state's taken away that incentive. I don't know if that floods the markets, the employment markets. I don't know if it does that. So here's the other thing that a friend of mine and I were talking about the other day is we're all looking at Labor Day. And because by then, all the schools are back in session. Mm -hmm. You know, in a perfect world, they're all going to be back in session, sure, which means sure. that a lot of parents aren't going to be home with the kids like they have been. Will that mean the workplace becomes a little more flooded because people don't have to be at home now? That's another barometer we're kind of looking at. Yeah. Will the fourth quarter be different as far as hiring? I don't know that, but it's certainly something I'm going to be watching for sure. But you make a great point about, you know, for a lot of folks, it's been not only easier to be home, but it's also been better for their family unit for them to be home as well. What also I've been hearing is the amount of managers or admin people. Remember, I talk to mostly a lot of small offices. The admin people are sacrificing admin duties and time because they're having to go into the back and assist sure. because, you know, they don't have anybody. I mean, I did this for years. I did not like it, but you do what you have to do, right? Unless you suddenly somehow have options where you don't have to do that, maybe. Yeah. That's the problem that I'm seeing. So offices are busy, though. I mean, patients are rediscovering dentistry Absolutely. left and right. Talk about burnout. If a dentist really wants to burn out, try not having an assistant. Good luck with that. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. That's tough. And another scenario that I'm seeing, and I'm not sure if you are, but a lot of dentists are saying, well, we can figure out another option for the hygiene if we don't have a hygienist. Maybe I'll do that. They are doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you said, burnout-wise, uh, production-wise, everything else. Oh, my God. There's a trickle effect, right? So if I'm a dentist who is doing my own hygiene, the polishing can be done by an assistant. But what happens is you put in somebody who's not trained to necessarily do that. And and that's what I'm hearing is that there, you know, one office in particular we talked to, the dentist is saying, you know, I've got, I'm kind of doing my own version of assisted hygiene. I have an assistant that's coming in, they're doing the polishing and everything. I'll do the scaling and then I'm out and then they finish up and all that. And I'm thinking, wow, because polishing, I mean, it seems very easy, but mm. but the patient perception is, who's this person coming in just to polish my teeth? So right. there's just a lot there. 
I don't know if they're necessarily cutting corners. I think they're doing what they need to do. Oh, I, I, I agree. And, and I'm not faulting them for that at all. Sure. But, I, but I think our mindset suddenly has shifted to where a lot of dental practices are going, well, maybe I can get by with this or this is okay for now. And I really wonder how long we're going to do that until it's going to be like, oh, this is just how it is. And I hope that it's yeah. not that long. Well, and do things like making sure our culture is maintained, does that sort of take a back seat? And let me let me preface that. I, I spoke with someone who worked for a very large DSO, and part of their hiring process was they would do these job fairs because they had regional offices and they could do a regional job fair for their offices. Now, this is pre-COVID. So they would have a job fair, they would set out, they would advertise in the paper, whatever. And then you would have to, in order to be actually interviewed that day, you would have to complete an online assessment, you know, that basically focuses on your personality and your ethics. And then if you took that and you got some decent scores, you would then be interviewed that day. Otherwise, people would just come find out more about the job and then apply. So they were able to pick people who had really, you know, kind of matched their ethical framework. Now, would you even get people coming to a job fair right now? From what I'm hearing, if you if you have a pulse and an opposable thumb, you're getting hired. Mm-hmm. So job fairs sound really great to be able to pick who you want to pick. But how do you maintain your culture when you're just desperate to get anybody in there? I was watching on the news the other night, and maybe you saw this as well, that Atlantic City was trying to fill for their summer their summer season with all these temporary workers, and they've never had an issue in the past. And they held one of those job fairs, and hardly anybody showed up. Really? Yeah. And wow. so, uh, so a lot of the things that you and I are talking about, the restaurants and everything else, a lot of these destinations now are not able to fill the need. And so these businesses that want to make money with all the tourists now coming back, there's no way there to help them. So it's it's really a vicious cycle that's going on right now. Hopefully the people at ADA, AGD, all of those, I hope they're thinking about something because if we can't attract talent into our field, we cannot grow as a field. No. And our RPR on an individual level with people cutting corners and you know, God forbid another child die under sedation because they weren't being watched. That is going to be more harmful in the future than anything. And it goes back to that first story, you know, and and we joke about dentists in the news, but at the same time, those are the stories that really get out there is when a child does die in the operatory. We know what happens, unfortunately. It it does. Because salacious cells. Salacious cells. If you want to click, you're going to talk about a kid dying. It's unfortunate. And and that's in or out of the dental industry. You know, I mean, we, we all love a good story. And, and and I hate to be callous like that. But, but those are the things that people remember about the dental industry. Not the give back a smile and everything else that's so good about our industry. They remember that, oh, well, they pulled the wrong tooth and now this person's, you know, in pain or... I saw something, I don't even remember who the celebrity was a couple of weeks ago, but she was in a fight with her dentist about dental work. And that was all, that was on entertainment tonight. And I'm just sitting here going, this is what we're up against. Is that right? Why didn't we cover that story? I never heard of that. I'll have to go back and look and see who There's it was. There's a celebrity dentist and dentist beef. That's yes. the kind of stuff I want to chew on. I, lo- I love that you say beef. That's tremendous. <laughs> That's such a good one. I'll have to go back and look. We'll cover that in our next episode. So there's a teaser for everybody to come back and listen to us next time. Dental beef next time. That's Dental what we'll beef. Do.
So let's just keep the down train going, Kevin, because I have, I guess this kind of ties in. Okay. Maybe. Well, let's see what you got. Let's go to the patients. So here's the headline. According to the CDC. Okay. 35% of adult Americans didn't have a dental exam or cleaning in 2019. 35%. 35% of the people you and I walk around, interact with, have not had anybody check out their mouth. And that was in 2019. So I'm thinking it doubled in 2020. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh. Terrible. So uh, 65.5% of Americans aged 18 to 64 have visited the dentist in the past 12 months. Honestly, over 64, it's probably even worse because, you know, if you're living in a home or you're not able to get yourself around, that's probably really difficult to get there. Uh, No surprise, women more likely than men to have had a dental visit in the past 12 months. Uh, The percentage of adults who had dental visit increases as family income increases. That's not a surprise. And I would also, I would throw in, uh, if I were a betting person, which I am, I would throw in also, if you have dental coverage, that also increases your chances of being seen. The percentage of adults who had dental visit definitely higher in urban areas than in rural areas, but really not by that much. I mean, it's a great headline, but it's really not that much of a difference. So we definitely have a lot of work to do. That's my quickie headline for you. That's a good one. We have a lot of work to do on people, but, you know, if we don't have people to do the work. It's a vicious cycle. It really is, seriously. Because as you were talking about with the assisted hygiene, if the patient comes in, doesn't have the best experience, then maybe they're hesitant to come back in. And, you know, here we go. What would you think of a dental pod that a traveling dental pod. Now we know we have mobile dentistry, right? We have these mobile units that kind of go around, but where do people go? Like, where are the people? Because that's how you increase overall awareness. Like if you had a tent set up for oral cancer screenings and all of that, like at your all-star game that you were at, because there's a big tie in there that they banned the chewing gum, the spitting tobacco stuff. Do you remember back then? There was a huge push for oral cancer screenings back then, and it's kind of gone away. We don't do a lot of public oral cancer screenings. It seemed like when baseball was doing away with all that, it was big news. And now you don't really see a lot of that stuff out there. But, Teresa, what happens if we actually find something? Well, then you make sure they know where to go. (laughs) But that's the thing that I've heard so often from dental assistants whenever I've talked about is your practice doing oral cancer screening? One of them I remember saying, what happens if we find something? And I'm like, that's where we have to educate that you can't be afraid to A, talk about cancer in your practice, and B, you've got to have a plan to know if you do find something suspicious. A, how do you talk about it with your patient? And B, what do you do to send that patient somewhere else for further screening? It just boggles my mind. What if we find something? That's the point. You want to find something and save a life beforehand. And it goes back to the whole hiring thing. I would think that would be one of the things that would be attractive, actually. You have a chance to save a life. You know, and and people think, oh, God, he's getting dramatic. No, it's it's true. We know what we do every day in dentistry. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. You know, it, it does sound dramatic. But when you've had somebody in front of you crying because you fixed something that's been giving them so much pain. Amen. It really hits you hard. I mean, I've I've been in that situation several times, and it's very, very emotional. When you go to a place where a lot of people are, and you take the mystique and the fear out of dentistry, you have somebody really, you know, perky and happy doing oral cancer screenings or giving out toothbrushes. Let me take this to a different level here. 
So you know how when we go to like the ADA in Chicago Midwinter, Colgate, Crest, they have these huge oh, yeah. booths and you have to queue up in a line. There's a gazillion people in line to go watch this video and then they get a free toothbrush afterwards or a free thing of toothpaste, right? What's to say if you go to a popular downtown Denver spot, throw up one of those kind of kiosks, make it flashy, make it interesting, and then here, come through, watch this video, come out with free toothpaste and toothbrush. It sounds like it cheapens dentistry, but I got to be honest with you, it raises awareness. It makes people think dentistry is not that crazy and it's it's accessible. Then you get a look at who's actually working those booths and you think, oh, that could be me, you know, because there's a lot of young people that just don't see themselves in a dental office because they don't know what it looks like to be in a dental office. That's true. I'm just saying we need to think differently. And and I got to be honest, and this is no knock on the organized dentistry leaders out there. I support organized dentistry wholeheartedly. They're not going to be the ones to lead it. It's going to be the companies. It's going to be the Crest, Colgate's, Oral-B, Sonicare's. They're the ones who are going to lead this. It's also going to have to be the Noah's and the Julia's of the world. You know, it's going to have to be this next generation that really embraces this and says, you know what? We have to get past the stigma of talking about HPV. We have to get past the stigma of what if I find something and the C word as, as I've heard it described. You know, we've got to get past word. that. Isn't that crazy? And yeah, we're recording this the day after the All-Star Game. So there you go. Uh, but, but I was at the All-Star Game here in Denver and they have a moment where everybody stands up and it's called Stand Up for Cancer. Uh, you know, and you hold up a sign to to recognize who you're standing up for, who has battled cancer. And it's really one of those moments you just look around and you're like, oh, my God, all these people have been impacted by cancer. Mm. And it's funny. My thought was the oral cancer side of things, though. And, and I went back to, and you and I didn't talk about this for the podcast, but I did think about how Major League Baseball did these steps toward helping against oral cancer. But you don't hear about that anymore gone that whoever was in charge of that pr department probably isn't there anymore you know yeah but that's the things that whenever we stand up against cancer we stand up to show our support we've got to do that in the dental industry as well and say you know what yeah we've got to help our patients and not be worried about the what if side of things but look who does promote dentistry at the rockies games comfort dental yes and comfort dental and- with the tooth trot Comfort Dental. That's right. And so there's organized dentistry, not organized, uh, corporate dentistry. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've been to other games and events where Delta Dental Delta has big. significant money that they spend for consumers. Uh, the smile cam. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we we do have to do something different. So not just to take away the stigma, like you said, but I'm worried we're not going to have people to work in our industry the way we want. We don't want to be an industry that takes the bottom of the barrel because we're the last thought in someone's mind on where to work. We want to be the industry that, hey, somebody comes out of school and says, I can be a manager and make six figures when I get to that level. You want to have that kind of attraction, but they don't think about that. So They don't. And and maybe when we're at the ADOM meeting in September, maybe we start banging the drum a little bit, you know, and, and saying, how can we raise awareness? How can we go into schools and say dental managing is actually a really cool career path. And here's mm-hmm. what it takes, you know? Right. We got, we got to start somewhere. If only I could promise they wouldn't have to deal with patients because that would attract everyone. <laughs> it's humans. They're the worst. 
patients are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I moved into my office as a manager, life was much easier for me because I didn't have to deal with patients all the time. It was kind of on the back end, but patients are the lifeblood. I remember every time I left my little office to go out, I always like had so much fun with the patients and stuff. But on a day-to-day basis, having to deal with five patients coming at you at one time, I understand the pain where some people were thinking, oh my goodness, I could go home and watch TV and hang with my child and all that. Sure. Yeah. We got to do something, Kevin. I don't know. We got to put our heads together. I don't think you and I can solve the world's problems, but we might be able to help a little. I'd I'd love to hear from some of these folks who are listening to this. You know, what, what, what can we do? And I think sometimes we as humans, we look at a problem, we go, oh, that's just too big. We can't handle it. But it really is, this is one of those, we got to eat the elephant one bite at a time. How, yeah. what's that first bite look like? I like that. Did you come up with that yourself? Is that a saying? That was a grandpaism right there. Eat the elephant one bite at a time. Wow, that's interesting. You never heard that one? No, I've never heard that. Is it a chocolate elephant? No, oh, he was talking about a big boy. You know, I mean, that's yeah, I'm not wow. sure where grandpa got that one. Maybe it's an okieism. I don't know, but uh, yeah. How would you even come up with an elephant? Like, I would think that you're talking like the wild boars or something. Don't you guys have like razorback pigs? He like, went big. I'm just telling you. He wow, went, he went I appreciate that. that. Yeah. That's great. Yep. <laughs> I, I remember several times he would at, he would look at me and he and you know this is when I thought I had the world figured out as a teenager. But he'd go, "How do you eat the elephant? One bite at a time." And he'd just kind of sit back and just wait for my face to roll my eyes or whatever. But but it makes sense. <laughs> That's tremendous. I love that. We I got to work that into all my conversations now. That's great. So, all right, Kevin, we have we have given so much to chew on. And, and people don't think that we just want to get together and bitch all the time. That's really not what we're doing. But we do think these issues are are pretty distressing. I think they're going to I think they're going to impact us all more than than they should, to be quite honest. Yeah. If you have any feedback, like Kevin said, if you have any feedback, if you have any thoughts, hit us up with them and uh we will talk to you at the next Chew on this. Any last thoughts, K Dog? Always fun to talk to you. And yeah, we've we've got to figure this out together. So the more ideas, the more input. Let's hear it. All righty. Okay, people. Until next time. You know we appreciate that you spend your time with us. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned, and don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.